I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. This week's episode of the Guitar Nerds podcast is brought to you by Gun Street Wiring, a micro-instrument electronics company obsessed with overall quality. That's right, they're a new approach to the guitar wiring market. Because, of course, when it comes to music, there is endless variety. But when it comes to your instruments, wiring your manufacturer generally gives you one type. However, Gun Street Wiring put forth a shiny alternative by creating a massive range of different wiring harnesses suitable for every single musical style. They have a a beautiful website where you can navigate around selecting your instrument shape, then choosing between 50s modern and hybrid wiring harnesses. And within that, every single different type of harness you can possibly imagine. It's an affordable mod, and if you go with Gun Street Wiring, it's a mod you simply won't regret. Check them out, gunstreetwiringshop.com. Welcome to the Guitar Nerds Podcast, the world's number one guitar podcast. I am your host, Joe Branton, joined this week by Jay Cross. Hi. And Matthew Knight. Hello there. That's right, everyone. You're we sounding particular, particularly action hero-y today, Joe. Uh, I've been going for sort of a more presentery style uh, voice recently for the intro, just to draw people in, new listeners. I'm trying to give them the illusion of some sort of professionalism before uh, <laughs> inevitably you, you break everything <laughs> Letting down. Letting everybody down and yeah, them deleting the podcast and then yeah, deleting yeah. their podcast app and then exactly. throwing their phone in the toilet. That that is yeah. normally the, the way I I'm listening to the episodes. I'm listening to them. Yeah, like going to therapy and just blocking them out forever. Well, this is a great start. <laughs> <laughs> so last week it was even worse because I was away and you had ex podcast host Mark Packham uh, and you two guys. How did uh, how did that go? Brilliant. Yeah, it was probably yeah, one of the be- best podcasts best we've ever done. One we've ever done. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Well, <laughs> much better than this old rubbish. In fact, what I would suggest you do is, um, even if you listen to last week's episode, just du- just delete this one and go back and listen to that one again. Cause <laughs> listen to it again. Oh, it's so fantastic. Wonderful. No jingles. Um, what else wasn't there? Um, no, well, there the... were jingles. I added I, the jingles. I know, I know, I know. Um, uh, I read out the names properly, except... That... 
I I'm, I think I maybe read out too many. I don't know, to be honest. I, I, it was it was um, it was awful. The ending of the podcast <laughs> is one of the, <laughs> the the worst. I couldn't find well, audio experiences of my life. The thing is, is that we weren't like I sort of forgot that we do that, and I I just couldn't find the names anywhere. Yeah, uh, and I went back to last week's podcast, and they weren't there either. Um, like so. being organised. No, no, unfortunately, I keep them on a document that I don't share with you, so I appreciate that's actually tricky. Is that because uh, it's got, like, people's bank details and stuff? Exactly, yeah. Do you, do you, what's, I don't know what sort of things you ask for, you get asked for when you join Patreon. Is it stuff like your PIN number? Not PIN number. PIN number is, uh, is, R, oh, what is it, RAS syndrome. Reductive acronym uh, yes, syndrome. Yes, absolutely, syndrome. because it's because it's a personal identification number number. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We did this. We did this a while ago with the uh, the Yamaha BB bass because yeah, of course BB did. stands for broad RAS bass. syndrome. Love it. So so Yamaha. Broad, Where were you last week? Anyway, bass. why weren't you uh, here? I uh, I went on two holidays. I went to I went. I think I'd done a podcast after I came back from Spain, but this time I went away to Wales. I uh, hired out a little slate miners cottage, and uh, me and my girlfriend went there. I took a very nice Arton Luthery parlor acoustic. Um, we took that an Arteria Micro Brute and uh, my Gibson ES one seven five. Um, and and then I just took a, a monitor and a laptop actually and ran everything uh, on the ES one seven five through Positive Grid through their BIOS amp. All right. Um, thing. And we just we just made some we just wrote some wrote some music. I, I cooked all day. Made like a it was just like a little log fire. So I had to make a fire, cook a stew, played some over the log guitar. fire. Yeah. No. No. There was a separate. <laughs> It was like a slow cooker and stuff. It was very nice. It was very nice. But uh, it is it is good to be back. Of course, because I've been away, I missed a few things, including the podcast and something that you two attended over the uh, the weekend. It was, of course, the first, the maiden voyage of the uh, aptly named UK Guitar Show, not to be confused with the... Uh, the London International Guitar Show, which is which is uh, completely different. So uh, this was, or the, even the, just the Guitar Show. The Guitar Birmingham. Show, which is also completely different. I, I, people need to come up with better names for these things. But the UK <laughs> Guitar Show um, was yes uh, the first the first uh, event guitar show event put on by Future Publishing, responsible for Total Guitar and Guitarist Magazine, amongst others. Um, and you two headed down. When did you go on the Sunday? You two were there. God, really, I love you two. What's that? That must have been on the Saturday, Matt, because we were there on a Sunday. Yeah, oh, that's they, a they shame. Had, we were going on the Sunday, and we're like, can't, can't be in the same room as those boys. Uh, I'm, tr- I'm desperately trying to. Uh, can't. I can't think. I can't even. You, think you of were trying to think of some lyrics, weren't you? I was. Yeah. Sunday, um, bloody Sunday. <laughs> that's all I can think of in relation that, to. I, I, don't, I don't even know. The, the, the only, literally, the only thing that comes to mind is the Joshua Tree, and I can't think of anything. To- <laughs> Uh, oh, uh, I've seen you two terrible. live. They, what, me and Joe? Were... Yeah, yeah, yeah. We we were always hanging out together. <laughs> how how was the UK guitar show? It was the first one. Did you enjoy it? I liked the vintage. There was some. So there was two levels: uh-huh. the vintage zone, the vintage floor, and um, the normal floor. I don't so know what the second so one the, was called. The, the, the normal area, I assume that that was made up of your major brands: Fender, Music Man, people like that. Yeah, but the, the the vintage area was quite cool. I'm guessing 
future organized most of that but um they had a bunch of old marshals there they had a little marshal head called the fuzz reverb unit and it looked like the 2061 that kind of two input volume tone little amp they still make now the little 20 water um but it had inbuilt fuzz and reverb which i thought was quite cool i sat atop two little mini like pa speakers Um, oh man that sounds rad yeah Yeah, it was really cool it was really, really um, cool. They had a, a Capri, I think they're called. Uh, which what, they, Ford Capri? Ford Capri, yeah, with a Marshall wheels. Couldn't Didn't go very fast because the wheels are square. No, um, <laughs> it was a little Marshall amp they made that I think they only ever came in red. And the front is like straight and then the, the bit where the uh, controls are is slanted. So it kind of looks really boutique, but it was made like 50 years ago. Oh, that's um, super cool. There's some um, some really old Fenders there, and some really old guitars, and a couple of old Les Pauls. Rory Gallagher's Strat was there. Yes, I've seen a few pictures um, being shared around the uh, the Guitar Nerds Facebook group. He Facebook. did not look after forward his guitars. He did not look after his guitars very well. No, no, there's hardly hardly any sunbursts left on the original one. And you know, I've seen a couple of the custom shop ones, and. I'm not really a fan of how they do the relicking on on that particular one because it's so heavy relic, they don't do it by hand. Or as far as I'm aware, a lot of it's done like template. And when you compare it to the original, you're like, man, that's just like one filthy guitar. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, it's, a, it's a bit mad, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, the guy must have literally just like sweated acid to like have a guitar that ruined. Absolutely mental. Um, but yeah, so that was quite cool. The vintage era was nice, and they had a stage down there and stuff. And it was a good place to like get away from the rest of the shop, fl- uh, the shop floor, the event floor. Though actually, uh, we were saying before we started this podcast, it wasn't as loud as some other guitar shows have been to, which was actually and that's a positive. Really nice. It really yes, was. It thing. really was. I mean, my my big criticism of when we went to the Birmingham guitar show was um, there was a quiet period. Uh, for half an hour every two hours and it's just like it's so oppressive it's just it's so and I guess it's difficult because I mean we were there when we, when we went there we, we were there um, the first year we were there to do like videos and stuff and then did we go second time we did go second time didn't we yeah we did yeah. yeah yeah and the second time we I don't think we did a huge amount of video shooting we just sort of went and like hung out with people and stuff like that and it's just, it's not the environment to do videos. And I realised that we're kind of in the minority when we're going there trying to get, like, content um, and that people really want to go there to try stuff. But it's just, it's so, so oppressive when you're in there and it's it's like just punishing noise from everywhere. Whereas yeah. at this guitar show, you could only play loud for 15 minutes of every hour. And it just made for, like, a way nicer learning environment like i went around and i spoke with some people that i hadn't spoken to before like found out about flatly pedals which were quite cool and um you know it was just an opportunity to actually learn about some stuff as opposed to just try and walk away from someone playing a, a a an amp really loud um it was good i i I, that aspect of it absolutely was fantastic and i really think that that's something that all shows should um should adopt um for me i wandered around um and 
there was there wasn't as many brands there as I thought, but it, obviously it's quite a new show. Were there um, any specifics that you could think of as that, that, that were highlights for you? Any specific pieces? Yeah, of gear I saw. That... I went and spoke to uh, Adrian Thorpe, Thorpey Pedals, um, and he's announced all of his pedals in basically mini form, uh, which is wicked. They uh, so obviously you know he's got a very unique design to his um so slanted with the kind of the nice side panels on they look really like plush yeah nothing else looks like him he's basically taken that entire form and then shrunk it down to like a third of the size that's so, a great idea because they did they were obviously a very old school sort of tone bendery sort of size but that really wasn't very appealing for people with very busy pedal boards yeah i think um you know, you have to establish. I think we've, we've we've talked about this before, but if you're creating a new pedal brand or anything, you kind of have to stand out in today's market. So he's really established himself by creating something that instantly you look at it and you go, "That's a Thorpey pedal." But they are slightly impractical for a lot of people. Um, so taking them down to like a third of the size and just going, "It's exactly the same circuit. It's the same sound. They just won't run on batteries." Which, to be honest. I mean, I can't remember the last time I put a battery in a pedal. Um, and you just you save a bunch of space. And they look wicked. He's done a great job of just shrinking down. I think the only one that's probably not going to come in mini formats, the new one that he's done um, with Pete and Ore. Um, as far as I'm aware, that was the only one I didn't see because that's obviously brand new. But everything else is in nice sort of miniature form, which oh, I think um, is wicked. Cool. I, I couldn't get anywhere near uh, Adrian's booth, which um, I think is a good thing really because it was I, I walked past a few times and I really wanted to go over and have a look and just every time I went there there was a group of you know three or four people standing there talking to him looking at stuff playing stuff and uh, I think that's really cool you know it's, it's really great that a, a UK builder is getting is getting as much attention at a UK show as uh, as Adrian is at the moment so yeah, yeah I'm, I'm I really say, I thought I it was great he's, he's doing something different um and I just, yeah, the pedals just don't look like anything else. Yeah. They sound great. You can tell he really cares about how things sound and also how things look. And I think that's great. And you know what? Reasonable value. Pretty much everything he does is around the £200 mark as well. Yeah. You know, I think yeah. you could have easily whacked an extra 100 quid on that. <laughs> and people have been like, well, you know, it's boutique, whatever. Um, but I think the price range, he's got everything's brilliant. Fantastic. Were there any other standout bits, or was it really um, was it the Thorpey effects that that had it for you? I think it was re- for me. It was it was really sort of about the Thorpey. If there were a couple um, like Walrus were there, but they didn't really have um, anything massively new. For they did have the they did have that new Ryan Adams pedal though. Oh, did they? The one I, that's I like didn't the see that, um, they were they the, were this, also a really busy booth. So. They were, yeah. They had the um, I can't remember what it's called, but the one that looks like a uh, looks like a like um, oh, what's it called? Uh, Battleship map or something like that. Yeah, um, it's, it's from it's 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 from, from a movie. film that Mark knew and War I, Games. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's from, from War the, Games. The that's classic it. Classic yeah, yeah. 1983 hit. War games. Um, and I tell you what else was cool that was there that I didn't get a chance to um, have a play of because obviously it's just you know super loud there. But Btronics were there with uh, oh, cool. with Walrus, and um, their pedals are really really cool. They're they're like super industrial looking. Um, they look like uh, they look like um, something from the Crystal Maze. 
uh, from like the industrial. Is it, it was, was there a section called industrial? Yeah, there was. There was industrial yeah, zone. They I look think. like they look like something that you need to uh, figure out how it works in order to get a crystal from across a uh, river, and uh, they look wicked. But um, again, yeah, too loud. Didn't get a chance to have a go on them. But I've never seen them up front, uh, up close before. And just the detail that goes into those is really a sight to behold. And all their circuit boards look like honeycomb. Oh, yeah, that's true. That's super cool. What a weird, interesting and yeah. cool feature. Um, one brand I did see, and I don't know if we've talked about this brand before, and I can't recall it ever. And you're probably, you're probably going to say it, and you're going to be like, oh, yeah, we, we know those guys, so... PJD guitars. Yeah, uh, really super modern uh, brand. Yeah, of guitars. but they, they yeah. unveiled like this new hybrid, which is like a jazz master. They're done. It's like sort of thin body, matte black top, one humbucker. Look absolutely wicked. Um, and somehow I just started following. I, they've been on my Facebook feed for like a year. And I'm like, I don't ever remember liking this brand, but I like every single guitar that they ever put up on. Um, on Facebook, I think it was yeah. It's just like a it's like a jazz master, wicked matte color. Um, they do one in P90s. They just look great. Um, yeah, I don't think we've ever had any direct deal dealings with them, but yeah, they do some really cool things. I think um, they did uh, they did something that was kind of quite Ben Wyman esque, a sort of uh, yeah. offset like hollow body Les Paul type thing that um, that I, I thought was pretty cool but yeah, yeah wicked like what really interesting brand to kind of be like a halfway house between super modern and 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 quite traditional i really like the inlays that they have as well they're the yeah. hollow rectangles yeah this um this this hybrid they put up there's on their instagram now um it looks absolutely wicked it's like yeah thin body and it's like almost like a i guess like a different top to base because it's like natural back, black top. Um, but yeah, definitely worth checking out. They're, they're making some cool stuff as well. Um, cool. And another uh, another uh, stand that was there that, again, I didn't get a chance to go and have a chat to him because he was so busy the whole time. But um, Alistair from Atkin Guitars was there. And um, there was, you know, he was there with his like incredible um, Martin-esque um acoustics and they just yeah, up front they just look amazing yeah you know they re- they really do look incredible um so that was that was really cool to see to see him there and see him so busy as well so speaking of acoustics um ovation yeah <laughs> everyone's uh, everyone's favorite plastic bowl back brand were um <laughs> the were, only plastic bowl back brand <laughs> <laughs> were were there exhibiting a uh, a new signature model um, that they have. Did you, go, did you boys get to... Actually, I did see something, and maybe this is the signature, but I saw some sort of crazy ovation double neck. Yeah, that's... Is it that's, that? Was that there? I didn't see that. Was that there? I did see that. Yeah, yeah. yeah that that would have been there. Is that the one? Is that the? It's the? Is it the Richie Sambora? Is it that, is a Richie yeah. Sambora. You're absolutely right. Richie Sambora has got a double neck, half six, half 12 string black ovation with a plastic ball back and a very fetching star in the sort of middle of the of the body it is uh, it is yes it is quite a quite an instrument <laughs> <laughs> yes yeah absolutely anyway i, I guess uh, with that we should uh, we should dive first head first into some news as there are some interesting bits and bobs that have come out this week unless there's anything else we should be talking about from the show no i think that was that was kind of everything really it was like i said it was quite a small show um, and I think really for their first year, they did a good job 
yeah, sort of yeah. getting was, some good brands in. But and um, I think it just needs to, to grow from there, really. Yeah, yeah sure. it, it was Absolutely. really good to have a show in like central London. Central London, really accessible. Um, it just there. Uh, there's a the the problem is is if you've ever been in that building in in Kensington Olympia it's massive, and I think that I, I was expecting it to be a bit bigger than it was. I was expecting there to be more stands there, uh, uh-huh. so and I think that was the impression that I, I I talked to a couple of people there, and that was kind of the impression that I got from a lot of people, um, and I wonder if that's just because of. Y- 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 People harp, uh, sort of thinking back to guitar shows at Earl's Court when there's, you know, 150 million people walking around looking at all the brands and stuff. And, um, you know, that's obviously not where we are at the moment because there's there's so much information on the internet that you can look at as opposed to going to a show like this. But um, it was it was really fun. It was, uh, you know, they, they had, they had, believe it or not, Joe, they had some vegetarian options on the uh, on the menu oh, yes, that is a rarity that's right. for a vegetarian show. options i mean they, obviously there was no vegan option but it was vegetarian uh which is you know you don't get you don't get that at most guitar shows although last time we went to birmingham we had a nice chickpea curry so that was we uh, did have a nice chickpea curry that was quite cool but um but yeah i think it's uh for you know for the first one i thought it was i thought it was good and i'll definitely go back again next year um, and I just I hope that um, more people take the plunge and, and do it because, uh, by all accounts, Saturday was absolutely ramo, absolutely full up is what is what everybody was telling us on all the stands. They said that it was it was totally sold out. So you know that's that's a really good that that can only be a good thing. You know you can only sell as many tickets for these things as you make available. And if if people are uh, people are, are, are getting down to it, then that bodes well for the future. Mm, absolutely. News. So first up on the news this week, uh, I thought you were just uh, mad at me. Sorry, I'm gonna. No, no, no. I thought no, no. Was, uh, yeah. So Joe just like stopped talking after I said anything there, and obviously I, I realised now it was for was the jingle. Leaving, but actually, I was leaving a gap. Actually, I jingle. thought you. Were, I thought you were just mad at me for <laughs> say. I thought like. Did I just say something rude? Like, what's going on? Once what? again, once again, I was so close to this sort of level of professionalism that I'm that I'm trying to achieve. But, uh, but no, there, there, there it goes again. Well, <laughs> 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 uh, anyway, another thing, uh, yeah, yeah. You, mm-hmm. I, 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 I don't have anything. Don't so have anything. it was just you a, don't have a thing. Too, head yeah. Rush, Head Rush, the uh, the company that introduced the Head Rush pedal board, <laughs> um, have. <laughs> <laughs> have released a new product. Of course, we all knew it was only going to be a matter of time, seeing as Line 6 had the Helix, they released the uh, HX Effects, um, and and now, of course, following suit, um, Headrush have released their own version of a pint-sized uh, version of their pedal. Their, their pedal, of course, is just called the Pedal Board, so this pedal is called the Gig Board. Um, this actually it, it differs a ton from the HX effects. In fact, it's 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 in in many senses it's not the same thing. If you think the the Line Six HX effects is exactly that, it's just the effects from the Helix unit with none of the 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 cabs or um, uh, or the or the amp sims on there. It's just just the effects in sort of their their simplest form. Headrush haven't gone for this option with the gig board. In fact, it is exactly the same brain that you get in the Headrush pedal board. That's it's just designed. It's just designed for people to integrate it with 
uh, a pedal board with other effects or just you know to to use on its own um, as a as a solo board. Now, of course, the the thing with Headrush and, and the big thing they try and sell their product on is they have that massive screen, that huge touch screen, which makes it very very easy to create and set up um, all your all your patches and sounds. However, difficult thing to downsize um, and still keep usable. So the the solution is they haven't downsized that screen, but where the um, where the HX effects has kept eight buttons in in total uh, instead of the I don't know what do you get. 12 on a on a helix i think um this means that in in the case of the head rush they've had to take quite a hit on the button front in order to get everything into a reasonable size now it still sits a little bit larger and more heavyweight than an hx effects because of that that screen um and they've they've reduced it to four switches so to control the um the the head rush gig board there's a quite a lot of know-how needed you know it's not not as simple as having one button for this one button for that it is a case of switching between modes um hitting two buttons at once to scroll up and down um kind of in much the same way that i think boss did with the with the ms3 where there's a lot of, I don't think, I think with things like the Boss MS3, you need to know how to control it or you won't mm. be able to control it. And, and it's exactly the same with the Headrush, unlike Helix stuff, which I think is designed to be really super simple. Um, the Headrush is is quite quite involved. Um, but I think they've made a real good go of using those four switches because, of course, the way that you use those pedals is you're either controlling individual stomps or you're switching scenes around. Um, and they've they've come up with quite a good way they've come up with like a hybrid mode which actually was there on the original on the on the headrush pedal board as well but i think it's more necessary um in this where you can assign two switches to deal with like switching up and down and then the other two to selecting patches which is which is quite quite useful yeah um, and uh and the other thing is you can also have uh you can uh, even in the in the stomp mode, you could choose. Also, you could have you know the first foot switch turning on and off your drive. You could have the second foot switch um, changing a scene. So that could be to activate you know your uh, a compressor and a delay um, coming in and out of there. So so you can you can kind of there's ways of controlling it. It's just about you really need to know the board. I think. Yeah, with 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 that because there's no like physical controls turn up or down it's everything done on the screen so like that's right if you have to like if you want to because if i remember right you can can you do the same thing you can do on the line six um i think this is what you were saying where you can set the button one button goes up one button goes down on like delay time or something um Um, oh i see what you're saying whether you have to do it all by all by touching the screen because i guess that's the only thing it's like on the fly this is probably not the easiest product to dial in it's something you're gonna have to dial in at home and then you kind of go out with i mean i think i think with any switching any digital switcher or digital multi-effects that's the 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 write-off isn't it that's the difference between because if you think if you have a pedal board without a a switching system or without a multi-effects and you've got eight pedals on there you've Mm. probably got 40 rotary controls in front of you yeah. Whereas, whereas with this, you know, it's it's always going to be the limit. Is yeah, changing individual controls on the fly is much much trickier. I do think it's quite easy with this because it's all done on the touch screen. So it's simply a case of pressing your finger on the effect, holding your finger on the effect. It will bring up that effects details, a nice little picture, and all the controls, and then you can use your finger. And it has nice little bars. 
so almost like health bars on like a street fire sort of thing for for the different controls for you to sort of move your finger around up and down to mm. the, which does make them like very visible and very easy to manipulate so i think they've thought of that they've also added an expression in for it so you can add your own expression pedal and yeah again you can assign i was messing around like you can assign it to several things so i was doing things like yeah assigning the rate and feedback but the reverse way round to each other and assigning those to an expression pedal and then you're able to sort of create those big sort of um like dance floor dive bomb sort of sounds from a delay with um with a uh, with an expression pedal um so i thought i thought that was super cool um i think by having things like all the amps and cabs it, the the only thing that sat funny for me with that i was like why why are the amps and cabs on there if if the idea is that this is um this is a pedal for people who have pedal boards because it's like well where are you going to put your pedal it means you it has to be the last thing doesn't oh it? so you can't you can't well, you turn can do, off you must be you, you, oh, you could turn them off you could turn them okay. off oh yeah of course you can do 4k but you i never ever cable, think about send that. return yeah yeah okay i guess you've got that i guess you can set up something to to sort of work with a uh with a board um i i, I mean i think it's a really cool product you know it's it's certainly i actually one thing to me on the head rush over uh, the Helix, because I think the Helix is the only one. Like, yeah, I think the H- yeah the HX has got a looper. The one thing that the the loop function on the head rush is quite cool because you can actually peel back layers, which I think is quite nice. Oh, rather yeah. than just undoing the last thing, you can go all the way back to like the first one. The um, um, the, the head rush cool. is not just that. The head rush looper for me is that is the most advanced, the best looper on on any pedal. Like because you have. Um, you can infinitely slow down or speed up. You can you can either multiply or divide the speed of your loop infinitely, and it has that on an individual foot switch. So if you just go on the uh, on the like multiplying one, you can turn sort of all your licks into weird sort of super fast arpeggiated things, which is so much fun. And you know normally that sort of setting is not there, or maybe you can get it to double time. But this, it just you can do that over and over again to your heart's mm. content. And I, I love that for sort of weird noises. I thought it was it was a really musical looper yeah. in that sense. Actually, it's quite funny. I was just looking at um, it's got less delays on than I thought, but it's got way more amp models than I thought it had. It's it's a bit weird. I've always I found their headrest stuff uh, like a little bit weird. It, it's almost like, now do, do you have enough people working in your sort of effects well, I, team? I guess they, There's not they, a lot on there. They come from the um, eleven rack stuff. The eleven rack, mm. which was much more of a studio amp modeler device Absolutely. than it was a massive multi effects. But device. you know, it was only one update ago that they put an octaver on there. Yeah, that's a bit weird. That, Who it's uses mad, octavers? Isn't it? It's 2018. Oh, come you know. on. <laughs> Best effect ever, Jay. Everyone. <laughs> Makes you sound um, and, like a bass, but you're not a bass and player. And you know, it was only it was only this. They put an update out because the same update applies to the gig board as the pedal board. They put an update out, I think, at the end of last week or late last week, um, and it was the first time they had Shimmer on there, which yeah. um, which I thought was crazy. I would, you know, I would have thought. Think you know if you want to think about modern guitar, then it's all like pitch shifting and shimmer delays. Like that's you know all, all, all the effects crazy people are going to use those two things, and this is supposed to be a unit for creating all of that. Yeah, but also is it is it designed for? Is it necessarily designed for people like that, or is it designed for um, someone who maybe had a um, 
Boss ME70 that they bought 10 years ago and have been using that in their covers band for the last you know 10 years and now want to get an update i you well, know yeah. I, I kind of under, i kind of understand why you want to you, you've got to nail the basics you've got to, you've got to have good sounding cab sims you've got to have good yeah. sounding uh drives and good sounding reverbs and, and yeah. then you start going down the crazy route because whilst people people like you joe people who are into like mad effects are more likely to to give something like this a go I think that the people who will actually be buying it, at least the early days, will be people who need a one-stop shop, and absolutely, and therefore someone who's going to want something that does the, you know, does this do the sound of a data corruptor? Of course not. Why is that? Because like that that doesn't that's not what people who use these products necessarily want. And you know, once they've nailed everything, maybe they'll put some crazy bit crushing arpeggiating reverbing chorusing delay tremolo thing in there or whatever the data corruptor is because i still yeah. don't really know and um <laughs> and uh and, but you know until then you've got to nail the basics and you've got to it might be you know a bit boring but and i think thankfully headrush and also helix have made something that's like fairly utilitarian they've made it without it being boring, which I think has yeah. always been a downfall of these sorts of products in the past. You know, like uh, the, the GT100, I thought was a really powerful unit at the time, but it was a bit boring. Same same as um, all of those like Digitech pedal. Uh, I mean, you know, the RP series, had was they were always a bit complicated and a bit clunky, but they were always a bit boring. But they did set... Uh, they did serve a purpose, and that purpose was for people who need to do lots of different things in a short period of time. Yeah, um, you're absolutely and, right. And I just, and I just think that that Helix and, and Headrush are kind of in a bit of a space race at the moment because they are both doing a similar sort of thing, but they're doing it in a very cool and modern way, which I think is really exciting to see. Yeah, absolutely. And, and and of course, you're completely right. The sort of people that have traditionally always bought these things are people that require um, a, a vast amount of versatility. Yeah. And that means wedding bands, covers bands. Yeah, exactly. Know, people yeah. like that. And actually, again, uh, you know, when I had um, the, the guys from Headrush showing me the gig board, one of the things they were most keen to show me, which was the thing that I had no interest in, was um, the set list mode. Yeah, because yeah, exactly. You, you know, how you can easily set things up so you can change. Yeah, and I was just like, oh, I don't care about that. I just want to add five delays in a row. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and they're like, oh, I, d- I don't know if you can do that. But like, you know, we, we've, we've already set up uh, Get Lucky. That, that's, that's the first one. You can play that straight away yeah Yeah, exactly but um but last the last preset is always mr brightside like that's you you can't change that like that has to be the last song it's locked in (laughs) yeah it's burnt into the screen great great yeah anyway we're a a fantastic product um from headrush i really think it's worth checking out uh it's i think it's coming in at around the same price as the hx effects is so it will be um, be interesting to see how it does. I think it is super exciting. Matt Knight, yes. speaking of effects, pedals, um, some old favourites of ours, Old Blood Noise Endeavours, have brought something new to the table. Yes, they've updated their reflector chorus um, unit. So this, they're now on version three. 
um, of their awesome little uh, course unit called the Reflector. Um, so they've updated it every year since it, it came out, and it's basically a combined pitch shifting, flanger, and multi-voice chorus all in one box. That um, sounds perfect. Yeah, so perfect. You know, when you want to play Mr. Brightside, but you also want it to sound really, really messed up because you're going using a washed reverb into a chorus or a resonant filter and a chorus going together, then this is the perfect box. Um, effectively, three different modes, uh, wrinkle mode, washed mode, and mirrors mode, um, give you a bunch of different combinations of pitch-shifted signal or chorus signal with some reverb added in. Uh, there's true pitch vibrato if you go completely wet and then there's chorus sounds in between. Uh, rate and depth controls, uh, obvious. Um, but then you've also got a pitch shifter that go a full octave down to a full octave up, and then also a, a control to blend in the reverb with full expression pedal control. Um, it's a really wicked unit if you want something that sounds really quite out of the ordinary but very usable at the same time. It's not like, as Jay was saying, with Data Corruptor, it's a wicked pedal, but... you. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. No, when you've turned it on. This one just gives you a nice ambient wash if you want it. You can certainly get it to go totally mental. Um, but, you know, reasonably priced chorus reverb that kind of adds a whole range of depth to your sound. So uh, it's nice to see them sort of update one of their more um, popular units continuously. So, yeah, third year in the row. Oh, man, I, I love the name Old Blood's old blood noise endeavors that's that's the coolest name for an effects brand yeah great artwork and also we've mentioned it several times for awesome manuals um because they put in the staff's favorite settings rather than um rather than just like this one sounds quite good or this one sounds quite good it's like oh steve who like puts them together he loves this sound um and i just really like that i thought it was just a really nice and and in addition to that the the manuals are actually posters um, yes. They fold out to be posters and then have the instructions on the reverse of that, which yes. is super that cool. Is, that and is you... like, that's classic, um, uh, like, Hellcat Records 
um <laughs> it, like cd insert that's what that is i bet the i yeah. bet these people all grew up listening to like no effects and ranted and stuff because oh yeah like, all absolutely. of the lyric sheets did that like I had this. Oh, I remember. I had this great one for that that first Transplants record, which is like sounds really dated. But there's a couple of songs on there that are just still so good, and I listen to it fairly regularly. But I had this great Transplants poster that came with the CD that I bought in like 2002 or oh something. God, that reminded me. Yeah, Green Day Insomniac. Yeah, I bet the, I did uh, the same that, thing. That cover, that cover folded out as a poster. Wow, that's the last time I bought a Green Day record. That came out in <laughs> 1995. How old were you in 1995? Oh, no. I mean, I didn't buy it. Oh, okay. I was going to say. I probably bought it in 1999. Yeah. Uh, It was punk rock from a young age. Jay Cross, um, Fender, surprisingly, surprising that that you're going to talk about Fender stuff. Fender have brought some new things to the table, but not just any Fenders. We're talking about Japanese. Are these going to be Japanese import or or are they just for the Japanese market? So um, these are part of the Japanese uh, traditional range, which is... um, Basically, I don't really understand the uh, how like the nomenclature works, but um, essentially, it's uh, just like a cool traditionally traditional esque spec, but they look unbelievable. So this is part of the uh, the Midnight Collection, um, which is a uh, a Strat, uh, a Tele, and a P Bass, and they are that they are um, ebony, uh, like they're black. With black pit guards, rose. Is it satin black? Satin. Gloss, uh, right? No, it's right. gloss. I think it's gloss. Right. Yeah, I think they're they're just like a gloss, like a standard uh, gloss poly. black. Um, black pit guards, matching head cap, and gold hardware. And normally, as soon as anybody says to me gold hardware, I'm like, that's or, um, it's going to be too bling. It's too awful. However, this matched with the um, like all black finish. They look so, so good. They look so, so cool. They're really classy. Um, so what were the three models again? A Strat? So there's a Strat, a Tele, and a P-Base. Like, really, really, like, you know, it's it's a really simple, uh, simple line. They're all sort of 700, uh, no, they're not. They're more, they're, I think they're like a grand. I can't remember the exact price, to be honest with you, because they we only announced them yesterday, and I don't even think they have made it onto a website yet, but I think they're about a grand. Um, but yeah, honestly, they look absolutely amazing. Um, traditional sort of um, Japanese um, Strat and, P- and Strat and Tele pickups. So I can't remember the exact um, what they're actually called. I think they're just called like vintage voiced. Uh, but they've all got U necks, um, so they're they're quite chunky necks. Um, and uh, yeah, they they all look and they sound absolutely incredible. So I would definitely definitely recommend checking those out once anybody gets a a blog post up about them. Um, they're pretty limited. I can't remember exactly how many. It's not really my area, but uh, yeah, these are certainly certainly worth a uh, worth a look because they yeah. are bloody cool. So a company like Fender have made so many guitars and so many models. Is there somewhere? I just want a list of. It, I've, I was trying to find it for Electronics once. Just a list of every single variation of every single model that's ever come out. I like think there must be like a history catalog somewhere. I think I can. A- I think I can access it. I think there's something that I can see. 
that's so like going uh, all the way back to like yeah the, basically there's um 49. so so to to answer your question there's like not really an official one but there's kind of a, a a project that's been going on that's a bunch of people who have worked for Fender for a long time kind of just like put piecing information back together because it's like well who remembers what was made in January 1973 like literally nobody you know but if every now and again you put together there's some information that that shows up it gets put into a put put into a um uh just a, a system that's being created so I, I i guess maybe at some point something might come out but like you say I, there's just so many models i mean even this year think about how many guitars yeah. have come out just this year alone it's just it's so difficult to to keep everything going i think that yeah. we've got a fairly coherent list for the last probably you know probably the last 10 to 15 years at least but you know that's only um you know that's not even a quarter of fender's history so yeah. it's uh, it was, yeah. it was funny because with with boss like when we did the event last year it it was easy enough obviously to get all the compacts mm-hmm. that, that's easy and then a couple of the variations but then when you start diving into the other pro- products we've made in the other categories and you're like stuff turns up you had no idea that we ever made yeah and um, and presumably you know with all of the stuff that you had there like the the rubbish bin and the um like the, oh yeah, like all the RAM items. That's the, the the name of the code. Like all the promo items that. Yeah, just, presumably a lot of that stuff that point, is licensed. You know, you probably didn't even make most exactly. of that. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So even like when I was out in Japan, uh, there's a big chain of music stores out there who were doing a Boss promotion where if you buy a Boss pedal, you get some Boss chopsticks. <laughs> But they weren't running it <laughs> anywhere outside of that one store, and they were created by the local boss team, and just like no one would ever really know about it. So there's a bunch of merchandise and stuff out there that you know you never see. And, and I was even talking to um, Tim from Mojo Stomp Boxes, and he sent me this picture of this old SP1, and the box looked like a normal boss box, but the actual base was polystyrene. Um, and it turns out that they, we only made them in those boxes for like a couple months in Japan only, but they they still exist. It's one of the first ever pedals made still in its box in a totally different type of box to normal. But the hardest brand, the reason I ask is because obviously so many things come out from Japan and that is Electroharmonics. They yeah. made so much weird stuff in yeah. the seventies. There's yeah. just no record on it, and no one's got anything anywhere about it. Um, but even in the variations in circuits and things, and it'd just be so good to be able to compile something like that, especially for Fender. Going, look at the sheer amount of guitars and ver- not just for the weird stuff, but just for like the you know things like this that come out that like you yeah. Fenders that were basically like Japanese made. Like, totally. Wow, cool. I mean, you know, there's there's some um, that there's a, a relative amount of coherence around the serial numbers and stuff, which is why we can usually check to see if something is real or at least to see if it's a real serial number. We quite often get people phoning up and saying, "Look, I've bought this guitar for someone. It's they reckoned it was a 1988 Strat." Uh, this is a serial number, can you check? And what we can do is, you know, we can have a look and see what the... Um, we can check to see if the serial number matches and to see what the um, see what the, the spec is. But th- the whole point of these guitars, when they were made, you know, Leo Fender made them to be modular. And so that's why, you know, necks get swapped and parts get swapped out. And so quite often it can be difficult 
20 years down the line to authenticate anything and yeah. which is why we don't authenticate anything over the phone or anything like that obviously um but like you say it would be cool to have a proper catalog but uh, you know a history of everything but i just can't even imagine how big it would be because there's just there's so many skews you know it's it's yeah. just it's just bonkers it really is bonkers how much stuff comes out you know, yeah. you think about it. We're half we're we're halfway between summer Nam and winter Nam, and you think, oh yeah, nothing will come out now until uh, until January. It's like, okay, well, there's here's three guitars that are launched in October. You know, well, yeah. it's uh, it's it's really cool. It's very exciting. Where does speaking, it all go? <laughs> speaking about things that are modular. Got that segue in? Yes. Nexi Industry pedals. I blooming well love Nexi pedals. We've spoken about them on the podcast before. I think they're absolutely fantastic. You can buy their rubberized, spill-free, uh, well, it's not spill-free, like spill-proof um, pedal board and uh, I can't and believe set, that's so can... the uh, that's like the thing that you go with. That's the feature what? that you go with. Oh yeah, yeah you, know, the... you spill you spill some water on it. Doesn't matter. Spill-proof doesn't. It doesn't matter. It is spill-proof. And what's even better, there are no visible cables. The, the pedals themselves connect magnetically to the board in the uh, in the allocated four or eight slots on their boards, complete with a built-in boost and a built-in tuner. Yes, we have spoken about them before. Listener, if you don't remember or if you haven't heard the podcast where we've spoken about them, please go and check out Nexi pedals. I think they are super cool. And the effects, the individual effects themselves, can uh, be powered uh, normally, you can run them into uh, you know a, a pair of jack cables, and they're very affordable. I think they're all sub a hundred pounds for the effects. Now, that of course isn't new, um, but what is new is that Nexi Industries are collaborating with Ori Anthe. That's right. We've managed to get in uh, what's his name's um, double neck. Uh, Richie Sambora. Richie Sambora is double neck invasion. So how fortuitous that we also get to talk about Orianthi in this uh, in this podcast. Now, we don't know exactly what the pedals are because Nexi have just sort of got a bit excited and been like, we're, we're making we're making some pedals for Orianthi. So they don't even know what they are going to be yet, but they are. <laughs> uh, so this is kind of non-news news, but it's still cool. I love Nexi pedals. Yeah. I'm really glad that they're expanding the range. Orianthi has said she's looking to create something that's very very tone focused i mean she's you know shreddy but she's quite a she has that blues-esque uh, yeah. nature to her tone so i think really what we'll be looking at is some sort of transparent drives some sort of bluesy drives and i, I, I don't know what the, the I, second um, one would be i love their website because you scroll down and there's some products and there's some pedal of the month and then because obviously one great thing is you don't have to have one of the nexi pedals to work with their board you, you yeah. know they work for other pedals as well and you can get the little connector adapters um and then they've got this like new urban pedal series got like a looper and stuff on and then you scroll down there's a picture of Jimi hendrix blues is easy to play but hard to feel i'm like Jimi hendrix didn't use nexi pedals <laughs> yes he uh, did mate <laughs> and yes, what he they've did. done is they've slung a load of well because the one that got me was josh hom from queen's estate i was like he's using nexi pedal wow that's a that's a surprise and then it went to Nikki Six from motley crew and i was like oh, I, I can see that and then it went to Jimi hendrix and david gilmore and i'm like Oh, they've just put some random famous guitar players. <laughs> <laughs> it's better to burn um, out than to fade away. Kurt Cobain, Nexi pedals. <laughs> yeah, well, um, you miss a hundred percent of the shots that you don't take. Wayne Gretzky, Michael Scott. <laughs> Nexi I am. Um, I do really want to give these a little bit more of a go. I just want to like feel the pedal board and like because I know I was talking to. Oh, it's um, lovely. It feels great. It's all rubbery. 
I love it. It's like Batman suit. <laughs> That's what they should have called it. The Batman board or something. I don't know. Nexi just is like, eh. Um, but I was um, talking to Ace from Skunk Fantasy, who's now doing all the stuff at ACM. And he switched his entire rig um, over to these. And this man whose rig I followed since the day I started playing guitar bass, he was the reason I got into effects pedals. And now he's like switched to this, wow. um, this board. So I'd be quite interested to sort of see. Um, I'm glad see you didn't follow suit on his taste in guitars, but. Uh... But he yes, played a really same. wicked Les Paul back in the day. Oh, really? Did he? Yeah. yeah, he plays PRS now, doesn't he? He does. He's played we, PRS we for once, a long time. We once, it was not long after I started GAC, I, we, we sold him two Joe Strummer signature tellies. Yes. Really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, which <laughs> weren't very good. As someone who those loves the, tellies those the ones and that loves like... Joe Strummer, those tellies weren't very good. Were those the ones that were sort of finished in like black primer? Yes, exactly. It. Yeah, yeah. So they those, they kind yeah. of they they just relicked. Well, they you know they got smashed up really easily. Not smashed up. They just got you know. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. It was. Uh, I I didn't really like those. I didn't really like them. But you know, that's no. that's the point. Someone will if you build it. Yeah. They will, they will buy it. Buy it. <laughs> <laughs> Matt Knight, Ola England's uh, guitar company, Solar, have introduced uh, even more models. It feels like it's every couple of weeks we're talking about new guitars from Solar at the moment. Yeah, well, they're doing something a little bit different um, because they're building guitars in limited runs. So they basically have the same body shape, the same body design, um, which are then done in a bunch of different ways. Um, so you've kind of got this one uh, with obviously now the bow top, but they also do one with slightly different cutaway um, and a different kind of um, curvature to, to the cutaways as well. Oh, really? I thought it was just the main sort of the super stat, strat style, the the flat top, the uncarved version of yeah, this. They do, uh, yeah, basically it's a flat top and a, and a carved version, but most of them are in like limited runs or limited colours. And so these are now a limited burl range. Burl is top, that right? yeah. Um, so I was, I was talking to Ola um, when um, I was out in Japan with him about the brand and what he does. And he actually, for I think... Up until recently, in fact, I think he still does, said he goes to um, where they're built. I can't remember the exact place where they're built. And they go over him and one other person, and they play every single guitar in a run, <laughs> which might be like 500 guitars. Um, he's, he's such a madman. And then remember- they, um, they get shipped to Spain, which is where they're distributed from in Europe. And um, someone else then also checks them over there as well. Um, and he's so particular about the guitars and the way they play the play and feel because I was like oh do you have like a favourite guitar you play when you do videos he's like nope I'll just take a solo that I've just got straight from the factory whichever one's near me they're all I'm so confident in all of them I don't really ever just stick to one that's really cool they really all cool. feel the way that I want them to feel and that's the guitar that, that I've made for other people and then they're Seymour Duncan designed Ola pickups yeah Wicked uh, four colours in the in the bowl top um what other colours? So the actual colours, if I can get the named up, they're doing a lime burst, blue burst, solar burst, which is kind of like a reddy orange sunburst, and then a poplar burst, um, which is sort of greater brown. Yeah, it's like a greater brown. Yeah, um, similar. I guess if you're having, you're not in front of a computer, remind me of the Ibanez burls they did. You know. Because the bird is that sort of like gnarly bit of wood that grows out the side of a tree, basically, that you cut off and then they, they use on the um, 
on the top of the guitars. It's a five-piece maple um, Chitoba neck, mahogany body, poplar bell top, Seymour Duncan pickups, locking tuners. They come with a gig bag, hip shot fixed bridge, um, and they are about nine 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 or eleven nine nine, depending on which finish. I mean, that's for. that's a cracking range of features. Like on the modern guitar front, I know sort of Ibanez really really set a precedent with these, but certainly I think with Chapman and and with these Solars, we're seeing. That's a lot of guitar for a thousand. Yeah, pounds. I think I think you know, and, and I spoke to him a lot about the factory and where they're built, and and I think you know you're just getting such great quality guitars from these big guitar manufacturers out in the Far East that they're just you know, and they're built to limited numbers. They're not cranking out thousands and thousands and thousands a day of one branch. You know, they're doing maybe five hundred, three hundred over the course of like a month. Um you know, 10 guitars a day or something like that. So I think you just get a lot more attention to detail. Um, and because, you know, they're directly involved in the guitars, the same as Chapman, they have so much control over the quality. And if they want to change something, it's easy to adopt that into a run. So what we're starting to see now is for these smaller brands, which I think is really nice, is guitars that like adapt and evolve over time. So they change with like people's needs or like people's requests. They can start to filter those into the runs of guitars down the line. They've not got to go, oh, we've got five, we've made five thousand now, so we've got to get through those before we do something else. They're like, it's just a limited run or it's a small run. Now on the next run, we can do a whole bunch of different stuff. So yeah, it makes uh, so much sense. It's such a great way to do it. Yeah, they look really cool guitars. They do a, a wicked looking baritone. Um, I th- the only the only shame with these is obviously they do go direct and they don't really have a dealer at the moment, so they're difficult to try. But um, they, to me, if they're anything like the Chapman guitars, especially the Pro range um, and the feel and the quality of those, definitely worth picking up if you want sort of like a rock or metal orientated guitar. Absolutely, Jay Cross. It's uh, it's that time of the month again. Parallel um, universe. Parallel universe, absolutely. What what uh, what Fender Parallel Universe uh, has has uh, been released now? <laughs> yeah, really, really going after that high quality. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> um, so um, this one is actually a lot cooler um, in real life than I think anybody was really expecting at the time when, when it was first announced. So the Jaguar Strat, um, which on face value kind of looks a bit like a, uh, kind of looks a bit like a Burns, like a bit like a Bison. It's got that like <laughs> yeah, big does. oversized, um, oversized pick guard. And uh, yeah, it's those, the three pickups being straight. Absolutely. That's quite Burnsy, yeah, it really it? is. It really is. However, what um, what what is really cool about this, and um, what I wasn't expecting, is the switching options. So, so, so first of all, to explain, this yeah. is a Stratocaster body. Strat body with um, Jaguar um, Jaguar uh, electronics. So three. Uh, so there's three pickups, which obviously you would expect from a Strat, but as you say, they're all straight. Um, but it's got all the kind of bells and whistles that you'd, you'd expect with a Jaguar. So it's got a Jaguar trim, uh, which again is like such a huge block of metal there in the middle of that strap body. It's, it's really like you look at it and you, it's really, I'm not sure that I'm understanding what's going into my eyes here, but it's, it's, (laughs) it's uh, like, it's, it's, um, 
it's very, very cool. Mustang Bridge, which makes it, you know, a lot more usable than you expect. And the three pickups are American Vintage 65 uh, Jaguars. Um, so they're pickups that are, um, you know, they're quite raw, um, but really, really nice sounding. However, the thing that I think really excites me about this guitar is the switching options. So obviously you would expect from a uh, Jaguar, you know, you've got the uh, rhythm and tone circuit that you can switch between. Um, and quite often you'll have like a thumb wheel or whatever. What they've done here with this is you've got two... Um, kind of um, rhythm and tone circuit style switches so you know normally you could switch between um, you can switch up or down and that uh, that will either bring in or take out the uh, the um, tone and volume controls on a, on a Jaguar what this does is when you um, when you engage the uh, s when you engage the first switch so it's just a two-way switch when it's off, it's just um, you've just got a regular uh, three-way, um, uh, sorry, five-way selector switch for your Strat pickups in your Jaguar. With your no, sorry, with your Jaguar pickups in your Strat body. However, no. when you turn it on, you then have the second switch, which gives you. Um, now let me just get this correct looking at this uh i i had this all nailed down until you came to me and now i've totally messed it up so um dedicated thumb wheel tone control for that so that there's a thumb wheel on there that allows you to control the uh tone on the bridge pickup uh da -da -da -da. while upper Sweet, bleh, 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 middle pickup alone. So the other thing that you can do is with your um th with your uh the second switch there, when the switch is in the middle, it can bring in all three pickups at once. So you can have all three pickups running instead of just Oh that's yeah, cool. Yeah, it is cool. Sorry, I realise I've explained this really badly, and that's because I've read and reread the uh, product de description a number of times trying to just make sure I'm saying it correctly. <laughs> but yeah, let me just uh, five-way switch is joined by the de dedicated thumb wheel uh, for the to control the bridge pickup, while dual up-about switches allow position three to select either the middle pickup alone or all three pickups at once for a powerful blast of tone. The match set of vintage-style single-core Jaguar pickups are as period correct as possible and have period correct, you know, for a, for a Jaguar Strat. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and have the authentic sound of the 60s. Um, blah, blah, blah. So, yeah, it's it's just totally totally mad totally mad uh, being able to have all three pickups on at the same time is something that i've n i can't think of did matty perhaps you can remember this did the american deluxes with the s1 switch have an option to turn all three pickups on at once um i think they did i'm just because i'm just thinking because i've got on my strat i had the kind of neck bridge thing added which yeah. technically is the same add, is essentially the same thing the same thing because if you yeah. add the neck and bridge when you're in the middle you, position in you add the middle position then you get all three no when you're in two and four yeah sorry yeah 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 of course one. yeah so yeah. yes you do get all three and it is a it is a fairly sort of unique sound um but usually it's only ever done through mods i i can't do you know what it was one thing that i sort of did learn off the top of my head eventually what the s1 the switches deluxe, what the, the yeah, exact yeah, yeah. switching on an s1 but then 
the thing is, DS1 also added like some uh, out phase options, which sound great when you've got load to drive and you're Gary Moore. Um, but when you're going super clean into a Blues Junior, sound absolutely dreadful <laughs> because you lose all the bass and all the thickness of your guitar sound. So I just usually tell people, just play around with the normal controls first and see if you like the sound of the pickups. Then there's an extra button here um, if you want it. But I, th- I think there was some sort of all three pickups on at once or there was some sort of phasing option that gave you like a beefier sound if you used two of them together. Yeah. Well, it's definitely interesting. It's definitely versatile. Yeah. I, th- I think for for me that the White Guard Strat, which was that last month? Yeah, the, I think the so. The White Guard yeah. Strat, which was the, the Stratocaster with Telecaster pickups and a Telecaster neck and headstock. Um, yeah, for me that was that was definitely the coolest, but it was also probably probably the most tasteful, as in almost the, the, the least crazy. I also it think the that the White Guard Strat is just a really cool, it's kind of an inside joke. Yeah. You know, because yeah. you've got the black guard telly, and now there's the white guard strat. I, ju- I just think it's yeah. a, a a funny inside joke, but but this I think looks cool. It's, it's completely bonkers. I think it really epitomises what the Parallel Universe series is kind of all about, which is just take a guitar, take two weird guitars, and make them weirder. You know, I think it's uh, yeah. I think it's I think it's very cool, and it's it's yeah. uh, very fun that Fender is doing this. You know, this isn't the sort of thing that you would normally expect from a company like Fender. So I think it's really cool. Absolutely, Matt Knight. Um, before we before we head off on this podcast, uh, as if as if there weren't enough slash signature models with the announcement of the uh, Epiphone Firebirds last week or the week before, something else has uh, has has slipped out of his slashiness. <laughs> um, well, what has Slash got now? Well, where is my top hat, friends? Because <laughs> I need to put it on and play my new Gibson Slash Brazilian Dream, uh, which also sounds like some sort of weird wax. Um, $13,000, only available in America, limited to 150 instruments. Uh, They say 150 instruments worldwide, I mean, basically, in America. Um, They are a a sunburst, I guess a two-tone sunburst, based on, I'm not going to say his 58, because they've said original 50s, Spec. So I think they've taken parts of what he likes about various different um, Les Paul. So it's a long tenon uh, neck join, 58C um, profile, um, but a similar look and feel, they say, to a 59 Les Paul, which is kind of a bit conflicting. Um, sort of vintage specs on everything, open pickups, and yeah, basically a Brazilian rosewood fretboard. And now that's where the US only comes into play because of CITES regulations, you can only purchase it in the USA. They're obviously not creating the CITES certificates to be shipped elsewhere. Um, so when, for example, Taylor did their all Brazilian rosewood acoustics, they created a CITES passport effectively, which is massive documents tens of and it was almost like a hundred pages um that you had to have with this guitar and had to go out with it and and ship it and when i um, previously had a friedman guitar in order the reason it took so long is they were trying to get their society certificate so i think they've probably gone can't be bothered to that for 150 guitars so um, we're going to keep it to the us only i actually um, matty i actually don't even think it's that from what i from my understanding is that um out, I th- outside of America, Brazilian rosewood is illegal. 
It's like oh, okay. it's like ivory. Um, unless the Brazilian, and I, I'm not 100 percent sure, but unless the rosewood is, unless it's the Brazilian rosewood is before like 1994 or something, you can't you can't have it in Europe. Well, I think Europe, that's where the CITES comes in because yeah, I think so the CITES, CITES the certificate is the proof of that it's that it's newer, that it's sorry no. Brazilian rosewood is just illegal, but rosewood itself, like if you get rosewood from Indonesia or somewhere, um, that's where the CITES, that's what the CITES documents basically states is it says this rosewood was um, legally and sustainably felled, essentially is what what the CITES um, uh, application and documents say. So, but yeah, my, my understanding is Brazilian rosewood is just illegal out pretty much everywhere except for the US um and Brazil I guess I don't I don't know but um yeah so that's that's why it can't leave the US if anyone and and, and it's not just if anyone's thinking about if anyone's got you know 13 grand burning a hole in their pocket and they are desperate to get this not only can you not buy it in in like the UK but even if you were to fly to the US buy it in the US and then bring it back to the UK for example mm. if you were caught with it they would take it off you and they would probably burn it because it's, <laughs> it's a good way to burn 13 grand well totally slash, totally but yeah it's just in in um, this country it's completely illegal i i mean i've got to say i'm not i know obviously slash is the the brand ambassador and obviously i think he's still a, as we've said i think we've said on a podcast a few months back he's still one of the biggest guitar influencers out there as a guitar player um because i think you know people have moved to a different way that they soak up their guitar information and moved away from what artists are using and more what you know their kind of players using you see on on youtube and stuff like that rather than going out and gigs slash is one of those people where you know he's got a dedicated fan base and young people are also getting in slash but i've got to say this guitar for me i know you feel differently jay it's really boring for thirteen thousand. well yeah i mean we talked about this it's a little a bit plain beforehand. maple top see I that's what i want comes- though that's what i want like I, I the thing that annoys me about um most les pauls is they've got this they you know they've got these horrible flame mapley tops which i just can't i cannot get on with i i just don't like them at all and this is like a plain plain top sunburst like not a little bit of figuring on there but it's only kind of like the natural subtle figuring that you'd get it's it's not like book matched in any way it's just a cool i think it's just a cool looking les paul don't get me wrong i'm not spending 13 grand on it and then trying to uh worm my way through customs with it um but yeah, I I think I wish there were more Les Pauls that look like this as opposed to the you know the the sort of current trend for yeah. uh, super I, flamey Les Pauls. I would just I would just love it to have covered pickups. That I agree. That I definitely um, agree. I, I I I've never really got on with uncovered pickups. I uh, should also worth noting that each one um, is signed by him and comes with a bunch of uh, fun slash collateral <laughs> items. Top hat. Top, I, if it doesn't say. come with a top hat, I will eat my hat. What top hat? Eat the top with... hat that they can't give me. Joe, just before you cut off, yeah. and I realise that we're um, right up at time. Um, I yeah. don't know if you've seen this, but there's actually Epiphone have literally just announced another guitar 18 minutes ago. Like, ah, oh, well, su- super hot off the press. They've just announced a new guitar. 
to learn about that, you'll have to join us over on our Patreon episode, uh, where from as little as $1 a month, you can support the Guitar Nerds podcast. $1 a month gets you the regular episode ad-free and early. $5 a month gets you an extra half an hour every week, plus access to bonus features and mini-series such as Branton's Ranton. $10 a month makes you one of our executive backers, granting you access to everything already mentioned, plus the prestigious honor of having your name read out. Out in one breath by me you're gonna be able okay. to do it you reckon yeah i can do it yeah it, the tens are pretty solid at the moment <clears throat> there's obviously the few i was, I was trying off. to get you some some noise to play along with okay ready yeah. here we go Adrian Day, Ken Sayers, Matthew King, Ethan Jemadiah Bartier, Stephen Conrady, Scott Hamilton, Ivor John Mayercross, Merrin Peters, Golden G. Richard III, Sean Arbo, Joshua Mitchell, Chris Wolfman, Cuppertson, Ryan McDermott, Robert Cousins, Rob Crew, Nate Nagel, Tucker Amadon, Ernie Cooper, Emery James Baker, Christoph Raptor, Zane Omar, Matt Roberts, Dave Lee, Derek Winsor, Martin Cliff, Matt Davis, Aaron Sherman, Blake Wyland, Jake Gray, Christopher Lowseth, Juan Corey, Scott Kennedy, Robin Smith, Rob Nordrick, Rob Grant, Derek Rich, Chris Connors, Andy Joyce, Carlos Mantra, Steve Merkel, Blair Toms, Mark Ross, Brad Page, JD Short, Andy McKenzie, Laurie Anstis, Paul Corrigan, Will Clare, Scott O'Brien, Will Thompson, Will Grabbit, Colin Anderson! Matt, what's that weird noise? <laughs> <laughs> I was giving Joe a very yeah. synthy backing track that I sped up annoyingly fast as he went as he went along. Well, there you have it. You can also follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Guitar Nerds or on YouTube at Guitar Nerds Videos. You can even visit our website, guitarnerds.net, where all our various channels are displayed in all of their glory. And you can even purchase Guitar Nerds merchandise and become a true member of the club. That is it from us this week. We'll catch you next time for some more guitar nerdery. Farewell. Cheers, gang. Bye-bye. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.